What's going on, everyone? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. It's your host, Jevin Lefave. And this week, I brought on Ian McNaughton, made his return to Left Side Heavy. And we talk a little, uh, we recap Super Bowl. We go over the game, kind of big moments that stood out to us. Um, and then we went over some Aaron Donald as he retiring, Eric Weddle, this guy's absolute football guy. And then talked about some Super Bowl uh, 57 odds. Who do we like going into next season? Some early predictions, some Kyler Murray. Um, that scandal with um, Arizona, that feud, what's going to happen. We talked about the NFL honors, the awards that were given out Thursday prior to Super Bowl Sunday. Let me talk some NHL headlines. Eichel making his debut for Vegas to fully trade to the Flames, all that sorts of fun stuff. So be sure to listen to the episode. Head over to YouTube to watch it if you like watching more than listening. And be sure to leave a rating and review to help support the show. And here's Ian McNaughton. Enjoy. It's episode 83 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Jevin Lefebvre, and I'm welcoming back my guy, Ian McNaughty to Hottie, host of the SYP podcast, Speaker Peace. How's it going, buddy? Thanks for joining me once again. You're welcome. It's been a while since anybody's called me McNaughty to Hottie. That's usually like my, my co-host, Scotty K. We call him Scotty to Hottie. Yeah, so like yeah. usually he's the one who's getting that, but it's nice, you know, this weekend, uh, I've been called uh, Big E, uh, E, uh, Four Eyes, um, you know, all the usual stuff. But it's good to, you know, throw in a curveball, right? You got to change it up every once in a while. Oh, 100%. You got to keep them on Got to keep them on your toes, you know what I'm yes. saying? Yeah. And, and, and it's not like you can, you know, you're not in charge of your own nicknames, right? Like you, exactly. you know, other people are responsible for your nickname, so I can't do anything about it. So whatever, it is what it is, right? No, you're... You're an absolute clown if you make up nicknames for yourself. You got you gotta let other people, you know, decide it, it, them. You you re, it's you know you're it's almost narcissistic in a way if you're creating your own nicknames. Like yeah. it, it it's it's a bit of a psycho move that I'm not for. No, yeah, anyone who's creating a nickname for themselves is no, he's not goaded. He's the opposite. No, he, he's not P. He's not P is what he's not. P. Yeah, he ain't pushing P. Exactly. Exactly. No, but uh, the Super Bowl happened this weekend, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that soon. But how have you been lately? What have uh, what have you been up to? It's been a busy weekend. So I went up to Kelowna this weekend, drove up from van, uh, got to watch Super Bowl with uh, Scott, um, another creator of ours, G- uh, Gabe, Keith, the whole boy. So we got a big yeah. weekend together. Um really entertaining weekend I, I don't know where you want me to start with it but got to see a lot of people I haven't seen in a while uh got to watch the super bowl with the bros uh again second note in my book never put ian in charge of food big takeaway from the weekend for myself yeah, what's the story behind that um so we were we, we ordered pizza for super bowl right naturally naturally and i placed the order at 315 yeah. Now, I know that kickoff was at 3.30, but I figured with everybody here, by the time everybody would get in, we get settled in, maybe around halftime or like start of the second half, we could have some pizza. And and to, before you continue, having like food right at the beginning, like the main part of your meal right at the beginning, you got to have you got to let yourself get comfortable with the game before you dive into some food. I made that mistake this past weekend, but well, it's. 
it's kind of it's kind of like you know when you go to you know when you went to the movie theaters and like you got a little kids pack with you when you went to the movie theaters and you ate all the popcorn and food before the movie even started you just ate it all during the previews yeah that's the problem with you know getting too much food right and i mean we had snacks we had like chips and some lollipops and you know some snacks right yeah but the main course was going to come in in the second half and about two hours in it you know hadn't heard from the pizza place we were talking to because i placed the order online which bit of a rookie move but we got to save on delivery by ordering online that's what that's what i was going for uh two hours later nothing hadn't heard from them so i called them and i asked hey placed an order two hours ago what happened and they're like oh our online service has been down for a few hours. So that's probably why we haven't seen your order. It's like, that makes sense. And so they're like, yeah, um, whatever your order is, we'll get it done. It'll be there in an hour. Great. Perfect. Didn't pizza didn't actually come until literally the fourth down that Burrow had in like the <laughs> final drive. And you know, it happens, right? It happens. It happens. Yeah. It, it happens. happens. And you know, we paid for it. I tipped the guy nice because I know it's Super Bowl. I know he's busy. I know he's got a lot going on. And we had pizza on the Rams kneel down. And I promised people pizza. We had pizza. And I think all the slices were gone in like 10 or 15 minutes. Wow. That's um well, you're not the only one that made a rookie move. So Ooh. So this wasn't Super Bowl, but this was Saturday. And I've been working at Papa Leo's for about six years, right? In and out of the lineup, sometimes on LTIR, going elsewhere, you know, taking the salary cap off the Leo's by, you know, not being in the starting lineup. But, you know, I'm still I'm still on the roster. Yes. I'm still on payroll, but. Uh, anyway, so now that I'm in school full time, I'm back at Leo's not working full time. So, you know, sometimes a few blunders here and there, but I should, I shouldn't be the one making the mistakes I'm making. Yeah. But the first part of this story wasn't my mistake. So someone comes up to me, I'm working front, you know, pick up orders. It's busy Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. And he comes up to me. He's like, Hey, so I'm uh, I have a pickup order for brian i'm like it right i uh look for it and i was like ryan he's like no uh i was like two mediums and gluten-free he's like uh no it should just be a medium meat lovers i was like oh okay so not ryan he's like no with a b i was like oh brian okay so i'm looking for the ticket i can't find it right i'm like okay like i don't know like what happened like did he Sometimes they call the wrong store. They call this store, go and whatever. Sometimes you go to the wrong location. He shows me, he's like, I placed it online. I was like, okay, maybe he pressed the wrong location. And he shows me it on his phone. I was like, okay. And he's like, oh, because at the bottom it says proceed to checkout. Oh, this guy, he never put his order through. So I was like, oh, well, do you know what? And mind you, there's like 11 people behind him. Yeah. Like everyone came at once to come pick up their order. So I'm looking for this ticket for like five minutes. And then, so I'm like, you know what? I'll just punch in your order right now and uh, we'll make it. He's like, okay, sweet. I was like, so there's a medium meat lovers. He's like, yeah. So I, you know, I 
he pays for it, everything, all's well, right? I go through all the other orders. People are there, slices, blah, 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 blah. 20 minutes goes by, right? And I'm like, why is he still here? I'm kind of going through. I was like, whatever, it'll probably come up. It's still not out like 10 minutes later. It's been like a half hour since I put in the order. I forgot to print the ticket. <laughs> so that's the rookie move on my part. Yeah. Yeah. So the poor guy, first part was his fault. I can't yes. be blamed for that. He didn't put it in his order. Yeah. That's on him. Second part, totally on me. No excuse there. So we had to throw the guy an extra you know, pound of wings on the house for our troubles. But yeah, rookie move on my part. And uh, yeah, no excuse, really. No, and, and you know, that, that's the whole thing about Super Bowl weekend for myself is that it's never, ever going to go as planned. It's never always going to go like you think it's going to go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you kind of have to expect things are going to go sideways here and there. And that's what happened with pizza on Sunday for us. So, yeah. and it's my fault. I take the blame. It's on me. It sh- shit happens, right? It is what it is. You just got to live with it. But yeah. Did you guys uh, have some sort of hockey tournament too, or was that beer league? I saw you guys. Uh, get so a photo that so that so that's a great story. So Scott and his roommates, Keith and Gabe, they're in the Kelowna Junior Recreational Hockey League (KJRHL). Um, Scott's doing the co-commissioner. I think he's the commissioner, if not the co-commissioner. He basically runs the league. Go follow that on Instagram at KJRHL. And we went to their game Sunday after Super Bowl. So like those guys weren't drinking too much. They weren't eating too much because they had a hockey game to play after Super Bowl, Got it. which is, which is fine. I was covering uh, a game in Kelowna on Friday night. So I had my nights closed. So I was coach. I, I was the coach for their, you know, rec hockey team. Um, Got to look but snazzy for the boys. Look at snazzy for the boys playing my role. Um, unfortunately, there were not just one fight, but two fights in said men's rec hockey league game and in the three years that i've been up there i don't ever remember there being a fight in a game yeah and then there was two there may or may not have been some drinking and and, you know some weed smoking because it's super bowl can't confirm nor deny that it happened but there were fights and you know looks bad on coach when there's two fights (laughs) when there hadn't been any all year but gotta keep your boys in check Gotta keep your boys in check. Well, we're not gonna, you know, we're not taking shit from anybody, right? No, like, no. you know, you, you you can't mess with us. Yeah, like, you can't you can't shy away from a showdown. No, no, exactly. Um, luckily, I think they I think they won eight two, so you know, we all look good. Um, you know, we all sell you afterwards. Looks great, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's the Kelowna Junior Recreational Hockey League KJRHL. Go follow that on Instagram. Go support Scott and the boys. Team Blue, that that's their team. Team Blue, first place. Uh, they they are chalk favorites to win right now. So once we get some betting odds figured out for that, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll start doing our uh, same game parlays with that. Yeah, sports interaction betway. Throw us a fucking. <laughs> sponsor here and we'll uh we'll get these lines up <laughs> exactly exactly oh, fucking right but so uh super bowl weekend it was uh it was this weekend but i want to talk about the thursday prior to the super bowl a little nfl honors happened and mm-hmm. some awards were given out and i'm just going to rally them off get your opinions on them 
just quickly here. So Rogers back-to-back MVPs wins his fourth MVP. Cooper Cup offensive player of the year. No, not really surprised there. Uh, TJ Watt finally gets his defensive player of the year. Micah Parsons defensive rookie of the year. That one was a lock from like week eight. Uh, Jamar Chase offensive rookie of the year. There was some Mac Jones, you know, um, momentum there, but that died down after like pretty quick. Joe Burrow comeback player of the year. Mike Vabrell coach of the year. And Whitworth wins Walter Payton man of the year. What were your thoughts on the awards? Are you surprised by any? Would you change any? What are your thoughts? I think the biggest thing overall with the awards is these are regular season awards. Yeah. Um, they're not playoff awards. Like if we were to include playoff awards, I would think Burrow is the MVP instead of Rogers, but that's just my humble opinion. Um, or Cooper Cup. Or Cooper Cup. Like you can make the argument for him too. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. It's just these are regular season MVPs or, or rookie of the years or offensive player of the years, whatever. Um, so I take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but yeah. I, I, I'm not really opposed to any one of those guys getting their award. The, the real question is, was there really some Mac Jones consideration or did you think there was some Mac Jones consideration? I just, I heard, I don't know if it was like Patriots bias, but just the, cause Patriots, like what weapons do they really have? And I mean, quarterbacks tend to be out favored or favored towards awards more than others. Yeah. Except offensive player of the year because the MVP is basically the best quarterback of the year. It's basically, yeah, the, it's basically a quarterback award. So like Mac Jones, when they were like on that eight game winning streak, a lot of people were saying Mac Jones, but I don't really think he had a shot. Because it was right when Mac was heating up, Jamar Chase kind of came back to earth a bit. Yeah. But I don't really think he had a chance as a Patriots fan. But uh, regardless, I think successful season from Mac, but the story isn't about Mac right now. But I, I honestly think that the awards this year was a social. I think they hit the nail on the head with every single award. I think the one that might have been uh, controversial was Burrow Comeback Player of the Year because Bosa, Dak, and Burrow all had good years. And I think Dak had the worst injury of them all. But I'm I'm not saying the Burrow pick was a bad one. I just no, think I, out of all of them, that was maybe the most controversial one. Well, any other award I would maybe think about a little bit more as defensive player of the year. Like I know it's either going to be Donald or Watt. Yeah. And like Aaron Donald is so good. He could probably win it every year. So I understand why. And and not to say that TJ Watt's a bad player or that he had a bad season. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's just Aaron. It's it's like Mike Trout winning like AL MVP. Like he can do it every year um, with how valuable and impactful he is to the angels. You could give it to Donald every year. And I don't think there'd be an issue, but you know, TJ Watt did have a great season for the Steelers. Yeah. I think a lot of the NFL awards are narrative based. Yeah. And I think TJ Watt breaking or like tying the sack record almost cemented it. If he didn't do that, then I think it would be a lot more up in the air, but I think it's like, you got to tie the record. And and he, and he did it without like, he missed the game too. So like he had a 16 game season instead of a 17 game season. I think he had a 15 game season, 15 game season, even, and he still tied it. Like that's just how ridiculously good that guy is and how funny he is to watch. Yeah. That's the thing with uh, TJ Watt 
tying the record a lot of people were saying um like are you because people were obviously comparing it to Strahan and without the extra game he doesn't tie it but what one are you saying is more impressive are you going based off sacks per game or the total games in a season because without that extra game tj watt doesn't tie it mm-hmm. but if you go uh, like he still missed two games so the record is still very impressive and i think just as validated as it should be but i mean the extra game he doesn't tie it so it's all about how you look at it you know it's perspective it's what exactly. your perspective is in life exactly buddy exactly but super bowl 56 right I always LVI. forget. I always forget what it is. LVI. We'll just say LVI. What were your uh, expectations going into the game? I mean, we talked about it on a, my podcast. Like, I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought it would be competitive. Um, you know, I thought the the Rams were probably going to win. I changed my pick last minute because I, you know, kind of like Burrow and the Bengals, and a lot of people were voting for Burrow and the Bengals. But yeah. Um, I mean, this was kind of a people versus the analyst type game where a lot of the media was like, oh, the Rams are the better team. The Rams had a better players. The Rams are going to win. And the people are like, yo, Joe Shiesty, this guy rocks. And we're yeah. going to pick the Bengals to win. But I, I, I thought it was going to be close. A little disappointed with how that finish was. But the Rams, the Rams were the better team and they deserved to win. No, yeah, they came out They came out firing. So we'll kind of start from the beginning. And sure. so the Rams start with the ball. And I don't believe they scored on the first possession, if I'm not mistaken. They went three and out. I think it may have been a couple times. But one player that stands out to me, obviously, was, and I think this is to everyone, this isn't a surprise, is OBJ. He mm-hmm. comes out and he looks like he was 24. 20- 16 new york giants odell like he is the yards after catch he mossed uh i don't want to say it was eli apple because i don't think it was but he for, mossed, the, touch, for the touchdown yeah it, it, was, it was mike hilton yeah scores a very nice touchdown to kick things off and who better to go to than odell you know he's storyline going into it but were you after that like first touchdown and the way the Rams were taking control? Were you worried about the Bengals at all? Like, did you think it was like on the road to being some sort of route, like for lack of a better term? A little bit, but I think like it was more my concern about Burrow and the Bengals because Burrow they had that drive where they went for it on fourth down, and it was a bad read by Burrow. Like yeah. Higgins was the guy he should have thrown to who was in motion and was running the out route. And instead, he throws this weird inside play, I want to say, to Chase, who was double covered, if not really heavily covered uh, by somebody. And it was like, okay, huh? I hope it's not that kind of game for Joe Burrow where he's forcing it to the guy he really likes when he should have just thrown it to the guy who was open. But, you know, the Odell narrative was really fascinating considering he was a guy who, like, he looked like he had a chip on his shoulder. Like, he looked like, like, screw you guys. I deserve to be here. I'm a part of this team and we're going to go win a championship. And he did his part for the first quarter and a half. Uh, And, and, you know, the Rams don't win the Super Bowl without Odell Beckham Jr. No, I don't think so either. And 
he also you talk about chip on your shoulder because that's so true because he was in cleveland and he was labeled as the problem Mm -hmm. he was like he's a diva he's not a team player and all that And, and and even before that when he was with the giants like when yeah. he was with New York and he got that same sort of flack about, you know, not a team guy, you can't play with him. Like he's, you know, too much, needs too much attention. And it just worked and it clicked with LA in the second half of the season. So, yeah. So he, he comes to LA and he's like, I'm here to prove something. Like I still, he was on the shop, I believe. And he was saying that there's still a guy in there and, Someone was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, Bruce Banner with the Hulk, like the Hulk's always within Bruce Banner. And he's like, I still got that monster in me kind of thing. And then he tees off with when he gets to L.A. So mm-hmm. he was on the road to get to have a very big game. Obviously, it's hard to say, but I mean, if he stays on the pace, he was he we could be talking about Odell winning Super Bowl MVP. Oh yeah, totally. And it's funny when later on in the game, like when we got into like the third or fourth quarter, when things were slowing down a bit and there was not as much action when um, Chris Collinsworth, who was calling the game was saying about how like, well, the Rams are missing some of their weapons and that's why they're not able to, you know, make plays. It's like, I don't totally agree with that because you know they still had cooper cup and you know they had a couple good receivers but it's like that's how much odell meant in the first half of that game to them yeah. was having that great receiver who can create more mismatches for you against that secondary and that mismatch led to the first touchdown of the game for the rams and it led to a few more chunk plays as well no i totally agree with you there but matt stafford he was you know, suffering all those years in Detroit. I believe he was there for like 13 seasons, 12 seasons. And people were putting this narrative of him, like the most underrated quarterback in the league. And a lot of people were agreeing with that, but also they were stemming towards the, he's been called underrated so much that he's almost becoming properly rated or overrated at this point. But the Rams make this huge trade, like, couple first-round picks, couple others, and Jared Goff for Matt Stafford and hopes to win the Super Bowl, and they finally get there, and Stafford is just slinging it all season. Despite him throwing the most interceptions in the league, most pick-sixes in the league, he's, you could tell that offense was different, and they get their goal, make it to the Super Bowl, and he comes out firing in the Super Bowl. Very efficient, over 100 yards, only like two completions, and a touchdown. And then he sends it deep to Van Jefferson who then gets picked off by Jesse Bates. A lot of people were saying like bad throw and I'm not doubting Hayden at all here. He said that Matt Stafford is due for a couple of bad throws a game. Do you label that interception and do you kind of label that as the turning point to the game? It sure felt like it. It felt like it in real time. It, it, it felt like that plus the, uh, Higgins touchdown right after halftime, like like though, and, and I guess the interception after when um, it goes off um, Ben Skronik, I believe who was the yeah. one who, like goes off his hands and interception, like three massive plays in a row, momentum switch. It, it feels like it's switching from the Rams to the Bengals, but you know, 
it's a play he Stafford didn't have to make. Yeah. I understand why he didn't, why he did it. I don't know that he had to do it. Um, but certainly in that moment, it certainly like felt like watching at home, like, Ooh, now the Bengals kind of have an opportunity to go and get ahead of LA and, you know, put their stamp on this game. Yeah. Cause my thing is that it was a big third down that they had to convert. And I'm assuming that there wasn't a ton of options open for Stafford because they showed the other angles of who was covered and all that. And in a sense, he threw it up and he's like, if this is incomplete, we punt. If this is picked off, they're on their own 25. If this is caught, it's a touchdown. So regardless, I think they were going to find themselves either up seven or in the Bengals territory playing defense. So I don't really put that throw on him. Yeah, it wasn't a great throw because you always want to overthrow it rather than underthrow it, depending on what your intentions are. But if you're going to throw it to the corner of the end zone, throw it like into the stands before you throw it short, right? Don't give the defender the opportunity to make a play on the football. Throw it where only your guy can get it. And the throw was slightly underthrown. So, yeah, it wasn't a great throw. But I mean, regardless, I think they were going. The Rams were going to find themselves in a situation while where they were playing defense in the Bengals' territory if that ball isn't caught. Well, and I mean, the the other thing with the Rams too, especially with McVay, that team was good enough to overcome multiple yeah. turnovers, like especially on the defensive line, and that offense still, like even though I know Stafford threw two interceptions, still a legitimate elite offense. You can't deny 100, that. 100%. And, and, you know, I think McVeigh is smart enough to know, like, there's going to be a few mistakes along the way. And it's so tough to play a perfect game, especially in a Super Bowl, that so long as your team is good enough to overcome a couple mistakes in the game, they have a good opportunity of winning. And that's what happened with the Rams kind of like I said in those three plays at the end of the second uh, at the end of the first half start of the second half was that they were good enough to overcome those missed opportunities. Yeah. So yeah, I think the Rams came out firing but I also do think the Bengals did a very good job at containing the developed momentum from the Rams and sticking to their game plan. And Feeding, not being afraid to go after Jalen Ramsey because boy, oh boy, was that guy barbecue chicken that game. But what, like, what were your thoughts on the, like, obviously it paid off, but the balls on Joe to just go after Ramsey after being labeled like one of the best cornerbacks. What, like, were you looking, was that one of the storylines of like Chase Ramsey? And were you looking forward to seeing if Burrow actually attacked him the way he did? Oh, yeah. And like Joe Burrow is the, you know, confident guy who is going to try those. But like, it's Joe Burrow. Like, why wouldn't he try it? Yeah. And I mean, like, one of my things from this game was that I thought Cincinnati put too much pressure on Burrow, especially near the end of the game when you could tell that he just wasn't 100% and he'd been taking a lot of crap from the Rams D uh, all game. And he, he, you know, was not afraid to sling it and he had to, cause he had yeah. no opportunity. Like he didn't have three seconds. He maybe had two seconds to go make a play. And if, you know, 
if Chase versus Ramsey or Higgins versus Ramsey was the matchup, go after it. Why not? Take your shots, you know? Yeah, just like T. Higgins said going into the game, he's like, just because Ramsey is their top dog doesn't mean that we're going to shy away from going after him because we got another one of the best positions in the game on the other side of the field lining up against him. So it's going best on best, and we're not going to shy away just because he's the best. We're going to go at our best too, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it was just the Bengals are going in with so much swagger. So I, I that's what I was really looking forward to, is to how much were they going to attack Ramsey and were they really like not going to shy away from getting Jamar chase the ball? I mean, I think there was also a little bit of maybe not going after him too much, but kind of being it was a bit, maybe easy to read what the Bengals and Burrow were doing because there was, I believe it. So after the big chase catch, the chase one handed catch in the first quarter, you know, they're in the red zone, they're driving down, and the third down play is Burrow looking for Higgins. Higgins is on the right side, and he's trying to force this ball to Higgins, but Ramsey's all over him. Some would call a hold on it. And, you know, from my perspective, if you're Burrow, I get that that's your guy, and I get that you think that's the best play, but it just wasn't there. Like, you were forcing that there, waiting for that to happen. And, yeah, you know, they had to settle for a field goal instead of a touchdown. It kind of makes you wonder if, you know, if they got that touchdown – could things have changed? Could the score be different? Who knows? But all in all, I'm not going to complain too much about Joe Burrow. And, you know, he did the best he could with what he had. Yeah. So, no, I, the Bengals, they got hot at the right time. They totally deserved mm-hmm. to be there. But one thing I do want to kind of revert back to was Odell getting hurt. He tears his ACL a few years ago or like a couple years ago back in Cleveland gets back already. And then unfortunately goes down non-contact injury. You can just see that left knee buckle and he's in pain. And immediately everyone's like, Oh no, not after the start, this guy was having, what was your reaction when you saw Odell go down with the knee injury? I didn't want to believe it at first. And you know, I know people are going to have the argument about turf versus grass and they shouldn't be playing on turf. And I think that's totally fair. But when I saw that play, it's just like, Oh man. Um, you know, obviously the immediate thought is hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's feeling well. Um, you know, I think he's had leg injuries both in Cleveland and in New York. So he's got a bit of an injury history, yeah. but you know, you want to make sure that he's doing okay. And then it's like, how is this going to impact the rest of the team? Because now you're, you know, you're down to probably one, yeah, one elite receiver, uh, a couple quality passing targets outside of that. But it, it, it does limit your opportunities when you don't have Odell as your second wide receiver. It, it, it limits where you can go and what you can do. Yeah, because you see how much it did make an impact when Stafford threw that second interception. But mm-hmm. like, I don't think that's happening if Odell's a guy on the receiving end, right? No, exactly. And it's just it's just unlucky. It's just unlucky is what it is. Yeah, it's it's incredibly unlucky. And I just hope that Odell finds a home. I hope he he said he was willing to take a discount to stay in LA. So hopefully they kind of find a way to keep him or he just finds a way to get healthy because in the end that's all that matters. But 
I think this was a good um, contract that Odell signed, obviously because they won the freaking Super Bowl, but he was able to put the league back on notice. Like, hey, I'm not, I'm not gone. Like, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Like, he still has the electrifying playmaking ability that he had back in New York that he just wasn't getting the ball in Cleveland. So putting the league on notice, I think, was a good thing that he did. And I just hope he gets back healthy because that was a fun Odell that we were watching in L.A. Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Unless he played the Seahawks. But other than that, yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> yeah. Halftime comes around. Mm-hmm. What was your thoughts on the show? I thought it was amazing, but what were your thoughts? I thought it was great. I, I know, you know, we always have to do the is this the best halftime show ever type debate. And it was like, you know what? I thought it was like a really good like eight, out, eight and a half, nine out of ten. Like I thought everything they did was really well done. Uh, I especially enjoyed the Mary J. Blige part. I thought that was really good. Uh, I, I thought the Eminem part was really cool. Um, I, I, no complaints. I, 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 I was thoroughly enjoyed for like 15 minutes. And that's basically, and the other thing that I really enjoyed about this halftime show, they didn't do a lot. Like they didn't mess around with like a lot of like, effects or like a lot of like camera work like it was it was just the performers having a nice 15 minute show for everybody to enjoy and that's what i really appreciate the most what song did you think they were gonna open up to uh the i think our group said it was gonna be california love we thought that's what they were gonna gonna start with and they did play it but not at first so yeah i yeah the next episode was what they opened up with and it totally makes sense too i was like mm-hmm. i felt dumb when they opened it up with it and i was like man how did i not go with that because it was just so obvious but um 50 cent makes a cameo and mm-hmm. boy oh boy was social media ever on fire after that halftime show have you seen some of the memes of 50 cent the the my fa- I, i've seen a few i think my favorite one is like somebody it's like a fake conspiracy it's like wow 50 cent playing after two quarters of a football game like whoa big math there way to go nfl um i saw I, one and it was <laughs> hayden showed me it and it was just spider-man hanging from his web and it was like it was like 50 cent during the halftime show i thought that was funny but one that made me absolutely howl was when he was pointing upside down mm. and then someone screenshotted it and it was like when you're trying to plug your uh, charger into the outlet without getting out of bed yo that made me die very laughing. relevant very <laughs> relevant and since he was looking a little heavy set too people were calling him like 50 cent inflated up to a dollar i thought he looked all right <laughs> I, I i thought he looked pretty good i mean it's it, it you know I can't come. Here's the thing. I can't talk about what other people look like. So I thought he looked good. No, I, th- I mean, I always thought of him as like a huskier gentleman. So I didn't really see like a huge difference during the halftime show, but I just thought the memes were on fire. They were electric for sure. But for sure. yeah. Do you agree with Eminem's song choice? Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. I loved it. <laughs> I, I, it's Eminem. Like, yeah. Wh- what do you think of when you think of Eminem? Like, lose yourself. That's probably the like the, the first song I think of that comes yeah. to mind for me. Lose yourself till I collapse. Yeah. Uh, Slim Shady. 
I was hoping he would come out like in, in blonde, like old Slim Shady. I was kind of, I mean, people, we were talking about like him wearing a Stafford jersey. Yeah. But like if he came out in like old Slim Shady, like, you know, apparel, I, I, I would have loved that. That would have been amazing. But mm-hmm. second half comes around big. I, I go to pee. I go to the bathroom for like two seconds. I was like, start of the half, like, ah, oh, it's, or like halftime show ended. I was like, okay, I got time. Went to the bathroom, grabbed a couple of things. And next thing you know, I'm coming back and the Rams are up. They're winning. And I was like, what, what just happened? Like what? And it was like 12 seconds in and T, like Joe Burrow's taking off his helmet on the sideline and they're like celebrating. And T Higgins rattles off. Like, what was it? Like a 75 yard touchdown pass. Something like that. Yeah. What do you think of the no call? Oh, it was totally botched. It was totally missed. Yeah, because I, I mean, a, that was a pretty I, big face mask. It was. And I mean, that seems like the stuff you should be like, you should, that seems like some something so obvious that you should be able to like bring it back and call a flag. The problem is then when you get into like week six and it's Minnesota versus Chicago and like there's like a subtle face mask and it's kind of hit and miss then, you know, do we want to really change the rules for all these sort of stuff, but all these sort of things. But yeah, I think that was something like we'll talk about officiating about how like that's something you got to bring back. That's a call you can't, you, you can't yeah. miss. No, you can't miss because it was so big and I feel like it was pretty blatant, but I was surprised Jalen Ramsey didn't make a bigger reaction than he did. Well, I think he just thought it was so obvious that it would be called. Yeah. I think that's just his natural reaction, his natural instinct. But um, I know what you mean with that. I know, I, I know what you mean. Like yeah. I was expecting him to be all up in arms, but he just wasn't. I think he was more in like disbelief. Like yeah. I'm like, like I'm speechless right now. Like I can't even do anything. I'm surprised that wasn't called. But there was a few missed calls in the game. But Cooper Cup, he uh, a bit slow out of the gates. You know, he's made his presence known a bit. But he starts heating up in like the later half of the third quarter going into the fourth. When you saw that the because the Rams were down at this point, when you saw the ball like going back and like hit going to Cooper Cup end arounds, converting that fourth down, like oh, yeah. did you think that the Rams had it? I I thought they would get a touchdown. I just thought there would be enough time for Cincinnati to score. And the Rams did a nice job of not going out of bounds. Like they just killed enough time off the clock with some help from the refs. Uh, they just killed enough time off the clock to, you know, give as little time as possible to burrow to go get a final drive. And that was even close to getting a final drive, but like, you know, in big time moments, you give the ball to your best players. And that's what McVay and the Rams did was just get it to Cooper cup, make him make plays. And he did. Yeah. That. You got to get the ball into your playmakers hands. And because that's what got you so many wins this year. That's what got you all the success. And they had to stick to their game plan. They had to simplify it. And that's what they did. That's what they did. But they get the final touchdown. And then Aaron Donald decides to go beast mode and just remind everyone why he's the guy. Did you what like that fourth down that the Bengals had to convert? when your pizza showed up yeah <laughs> did you think that or at least when the Bengals scored with about a minute and a half left if i'm not mistaken when the Rams scored sorry yeah when the Rams scored my mistake 
did you think that the Bengals had a chance at coming back or did you oh, yeah. think that the pressure was going to get to them? No, I thought they could come back. They only needed a field goal. Like the chiefs tied the game with 13 seconds against the bills. Like surely there's enough <laughs> time for the, for the Bengals to, and they had two timeouts. Like surely there's enough time for the Bengals to get into field goal range and score. And you know, they may, they did have a couple of nice plays. You know, they got Tyler Boyd involved in one. I think the first play of that drive was a chase uh, or Higgins. Uh, it was chase. It was chase. It, it was a chase pass up the left side. Yeah. But he got, he got a good like 20 yards out of that. Um, you know, there is certainly the opportunity to do so. It's just the, 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 the other thing too, is that the third down run too. like, I know it was fourth, it was four down territory. So the third down run and like mixing was just that short of getting a first down. Um, but yeah, like you say, Aaron Donald, let it be known. I'm the best defensive player in the NFL and you can't do anything about it. And I'm going to ruin this guy's, you know, Super Bowl on this final play. Yeah. Did you see that fourth down? Um, he had Chase wide open. Mm-hmm. Man, just an extra second of time. A half well, th- second. Well, this is what I, this is kind of what I was saying earlier about how there was too much pressure on Burrow, like because the offensive line was just so, by that point of the game, going up against Donald, Miller, Leonard Floyd, it's just been so beat up that they don't have, like, they're really, like, they really don't have that extra second to give. And, you know, the pressure's all on Burrow to go make this play, kind of what they've been doing all postseason. And Burrow just can't get it done. And, and, I mean, you could also, like, you could also argue the play call too, um, you know, throwing it in that situation. But, you're giving, like we talked about, you're giving the ball to your playmakers. You're letting Burrow go make a play instead of mixing. That's, you know. That, that's a fair play you can't you can't be too upset with that yeah the only thing i worry about running it on fourth down is just that it was still fun to it was still hard to find holes to oh, like yeah. break through like running was like a struggle for both teams mixon had a bit more stronger runs than uh cam makers did like cam Maker, yeah like the running backs on la like they couldn't get anything going yeah so Running it on fourth down there when, like, this is your last drive to win the Super Bowl, like you need at least a field goal. I think running it is just too risky. And probably, I think think dropping back for a pass was the best. But I mean, Donald wasn't going to let that happen. No, and and probably the numbers would say if you put the ball in Burrow's hands instead of Mixon's hands, that you're more likely to get a first down. Yeah. So, yeah, you're playing percentages, and you know. You live by Burrow, you die by Burrow if you're Cincinnati. And that's what happened on Sunday. No, I 100% agree. And just that extra half second, he would have had Jamar Chase to the house, which is just, man, that would have been a sight to see. That would have been one of the craziest endings ever. But so Rams go on to win back-to-back Super Bowl winners in their home stadium, which is just the fact that back-to-back, were hosted in the home city is just that's crazy and then both winners were the host city well and originally originally like pre-covid i believe uh la was supposed to host last year but because of the delays to the stadium and how long it took to actually get the stadium built they couldn't host the super bowl last year um and, they, and the nfl doesn't like stadiums to host a super bowl in its first year 
So that's yeah. why it, it it worked out this year. Worked out for the Bucks. Worked out for the Rams. Pays to have you know the Super Bowl in your home city. No, one thousand percent. But Cooper Cup wins MVP. And what were your thoughts on that? Did you think he should have won? Do you think it should have gone to Donald? What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean. You go to Cup or Donald, probably. Those would be my two guys that you know um, that you go to. But because it's the NFL and we're about offense, and Cup got the game when he touched down, so we're probably you know makes sense yeah. that you give it to him. Um, you know, I, I don't, again, it's kind of like with the NFL honors. I don't really have a problem with it. I can see why you give it to Donald, but Cup is probably the the you know most likely you know mo- most deserving candidate. I was really hoping it went to Donald though, because I had some money invested in it. Mm-hmm. I bet like two bucks to win like forty-two dollars, and I'm for Donald to win. I'm like, made the game-winning sack, like game-winning play. Come on, please, yo! And then that nasty celebration of Donald just pointing at the ring. I love that, yeah. I love that. But Cooper Cup wins MVP. So this season, he arguably had the greatest wide receiving wide receiver season ever. He won the receiving triple crown, most catches, touchdowns, yards by receiver. He won offensive player of the year. He won Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. Jerry Rice is the only wide receiver in NFL history to do all those things in an entire career. And Cooper Cup did it in one season. Not too shabby. That is one of the best stats. I've ever heard. Former, uh, former Eastern Washington uh, University member uh, from Yakima, Washington. By the way, got a shout out Yakima on the podcast. shout out Yakima, shout out Yakima. Those small school guys, they'll get you. Those those, those FCS guys. Yeah, those white small college receivers are just. <laughs> I mean, except Hunter Renfro, he went to Clemson, but you get my point there. Hunter Renfro, though, is, you know, feels like he's like 38, like, you know, (laughs) old man Hunter Renfro, essentially. But he still, you know, runs a solid, you know, five-yard option route, which you love to see. No, I – do you think Cooper Cup can build off this? Like, do you think he can keep up this, like, unbelievable play at receiver? Or do you think he'll kind of come back down to earth after the season? I mean, law of averages, I would say he probably comes down. Like, I don't think the Rams are winning the Super Bowl next year. Um, yeah. But, I mean, statistically, you know, statistically, he's probably going to come back down to earth. And it's never the same after you win the Super Bowl. Like, things just, like, people are targeting you. People know, you know, know to scout you, know to look out for you. Um I mean, if he still has McVay and Stafford, I don't know why he couldn't at least have another, you know, thousand to fifteen yard hundred, you know, fifteen hundred yard season. Don't yeah. know why that couldn't be possible again. But um, to think that he's going to do this all over again, probably not. Yeah, I, probably I, I not. don't think so. Chances are very slim. They're not in his favor. But yeah, a report prior to the game came out of Aaron Donald. If he wins, he's going to consider walking away or consider retiring he is a seven-time all pro eight-time pro bowler three-time defensive player of the year 2014 defensive rookie of the year and he was named to the all-decade team in 2020 for the 2010s 
an obviously a Super Bowl champion now. Clear Hall of Famer. But what are your thoughts on like if he retires? Like, what do you think is gonna happen with Aaron Donald? First, as a Seahawks fan, I hope he's retiring. <laughs> but like generally, like as a as a like a casual football fan, uh, I hope he doesn't because I think he is like one of the greatest players of my lifetime. Um yeah. he he's been one of the toughest guys to defend. He's a defender. He, he, like you can't slow him down. You really can't stop him. You know, double, triple teaming him. Nobody gets, you know, covered like he does. And like, I think he's also a really good inspiration as somebody who was not really thought of highly coming out of the draft process, former, you know, pit Panther. And yeah. he's busted his ass to get this far and to become one of the most dominant players of the last 10 years. Uh, I, I think it's a really positive story that people should be, you know, reading into and looking into. So if he retires, um, fair game, he's done everything that he, you know, can do. Um, there isn't much else for him to prove. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and if he doesn't, if he comes back next year, I'm sure he's still going to be, you know, taking butts and, you know, kicking butts and taking names. No, I, Totally agree. You hit the nail on the head with he doesn't really have anything to prove. But the thing is, it's like it feels like he's just it almost feels like he's just like peaking right now. And I would just hate to see him walk away because he's still so dominant. Yeah, yeah. And he's 30 years old right now. And it just feels like just another you got Luke Keekley retiring early, Andrew Luck retiring early. And I totally understand if he does. I mean, maintain your health. Footballs with the CTE stuff coming around now, like it's a lot more prominent than it was back then. He has a Super Bowl now. He's probably one of the most defensive players to ever play the game. Like he's like he doesn't have anything else to prove. But as a football fan, and I'm a Patriots fan, so the Rams don't really bother me too much, unless mm. it's, it comes down to the Super Bowl. But I hope Donald doesn't retire because he provides so much for the game. He provides constant highlights and just jaw-dropping highlights of just like double teams and just bull rushing both of them over. And he, and he's doing this as an interior guy. Like he's that's, not an edge rusher. Like that's he's doing the it crazy thing. He's putting up edge rusher numbers as a defensive tackle, which is like yeah. unheard of. And that's, that's just how good this guy is. That's just yeah. how talented he is. Yeah, because you'll see defensive tackles put up edge rusher numbers maybe like once, one season within like a 10-year career. He one puts them up. Or, one season or like a good six weeks in, the, in a year. Yeah, he puts them up year after year. Mm-hmm. And it's like he is something else to watch. And he's going to be one of those players that when he retires, it's going to be like you didn't know what you had until he was gone. And it's going to be unfortunate when he does, because I think a lot of people aren't, or I think a lot of us, including myself, are taking him for granted. Like, I think when he leaves, it's going to be like, damn. Like, I was able to watch one of the greatest defensive players ever play. Like, at his prime. Because it was funny when I, like, I remember, you know, watching, like, when Jeff Fisher was, like, the coach of the Rams. Yeah. And it's just, and it's just like, you know, man, they got this defense down with Donald and like 
bunch of other guys. Um, um, oh, he used to play for the Bears. Who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Not Leonard Floyd, but like somebody else. Robert Quinn. Like they had Robert Quinn yeah. in, in their interior line. And like I, I remember saying, like, man, if the Rams can figure out the offense, they got all the defensive pieces because like those guys are so good. And that was like five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And look at them now. Yeah, because people are always calling Donald like undersized for his position. And then he just said, like, okay, like, call me whatever you want. I'm just going to go out there. Like, I know my abilities. And then he went out and he's he's stronger than anybody. Yeah. He trains with knives. How are you going to yeah. bet against a guy who trains with knives in the offseason? Seriously, he trains with knives and bench presses 500 pounds. I, like, how are you going to go against that? <laughs> I, I, it's I impossible. Go. It's impossible. Yeah. So shout out to Aaron Donald. I really hope he doesn't retire. I don't think he will. But I don't think so. I, yeah, we just had to touch on it just in case it does. But speaking of retirement, Eric Weddle. Now, this guy's story here. So, Eric Weddle played through, he uh, came out of retirement, signed with the Rams for the playoff run. He uh, called the plays on defense, led the team in tackles during the playoffs after missing 750 plus days of football, and in the Super Bowl played three plus quarters with a ruptured peck in two places. Now, if that's not the most football guy shit you have ever read in your entire life, I don't want to hear anything else because that's the most badass thing I've ever seen. Ever. Oh, yeah. And it, I love hearing people who are like, oh, you know, are you going to you know, come out of retirement? Are you going to get back into football? No. No, why would you? You literally, yeah. like, you, again, same thing with, like, Donald, where, like, you've literally done everything. Weddle has the best story. Like, the be- like the storybook ending to a career you could ever want of just, like, came out of retirement, hurt myself, called plays in the Super Bowl, and we still won. Yeah. So, unretires, tears pack, wins Super Bowl, re-retires. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, like what else are you going to do? Like, you just did it. You, you, and... You don't need to do anything else. You did what you set out to do. Yeah. So I, I thought that was the most unbelievable thing ever. And I just thought it was more, most definitely worth mentioning. So Eric Weddle, official football guy. But Matt Stafford, I want to I touch on him now. After winning the Super Bowl, it doesn't get the MVP, but he still played a great game because some of the turnovers weren't maybe the first one is but like we mentioned it wasn't really like a impactful interception it was like at the end of the first half and all that so now the question comes in is matt stafford now a hall of famer he has the stats to his name he has the passing yards he has the fourth quarter comebacks within two minutes but he was suffocating on that detroit lions team for the first for like his entire career up until now first season with the rams with like an actual competent team he wins the Super Bowl, and he has a pretty damn good season too. Now, do you think he is a Hall of Famer after this I think, win? I think yes. Yeah. Um, listen, I think he's got the stats. I think he's talented enough. Um, I think if again, if he's not on Detroit, we're looking at him differently. It it's kind of like a little bit of like a poor man's Connor McDavid in a way. Okay. 
like I, I feel like, you know, not saying that Stafford is the Connor McDavid of football, but like Connor McDavid's on a shit team. Yeah. That doesn't do anything in the postseason. Um, Stafford hardly even got to the postseason in Detroit. Uh, and three times in 13 seasons. Yeah. And it's, his team was not favored to win in any of those games. Didn't win any of those games. And they still lost. Um, you know, and in and, and the one time he goes to L.A., he plays on a, an exceptional team. He does what he's supposed to do. He, he wins a Super Bowl. Um, he's a big reason why they win the Super Bowl. And, I mean, we we should be so blessed and thankful to live in a generation, like for myself, watching football for like the last almost 20 years of like outstanding quarterback play, like tremendous quarterback play. And I think Stafford is one of those guys. Um, I think he's a hall of famer. I think there's a a, a bunch of hall of fame quarterbacks from this generation. Um, If I got a vote, I'd probably put him in. He, you can make the argument he needs another one, but another Super Bowl. But yeah, he he he's got he's got the same amount of Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. If you want to have that argument, has more than Philip Rivers. Yeah, and like he has the stats back behind it, and he was on like a really shit team for his entire career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. There is more there. I know people want to say, oh, he threw the Calvin Johnson for so many years. There's more receivers than Calvin Johnson on an NFL roster. I, yeah. I, I hate to break it to you. Yeah. Um, you know, Brandon Pettigrew was like a real guy that he had to throw to. Um, I'm not going to go into all the Detroit receivers that he had to throw to, but like there's more than Calvin Johnson. I think he's a Hall of Famer, just straight up. Yeah, so I think I think he's fringe right now. I want to see him kind of put a few more accolades under his belt. And none of that is to his fault because of the teams he was on. But the reason why I ask this question is because your boy, Seattle Seahawk, former Seattle Seahawk, Richard Sherman, on if Stafford is a Hall of Famer. Now, I don't know if you've seen this quote. There's a good chance you have because it's going around social media right now. Quote, unquote, from Richard Sherman. The Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low now, like a participation trophy. No all-decade team, no all-pro, no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even MVP of the Super Bowl. Never considered the best in any year he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. What, do you th- what are your thoughts on that quote? A couple things. One this is a silly season where everybody just says a bunch of random stuff because there is no football. So we all have to make up content. Like we all have to make up stuff. So we get clicks and we all get likes. Yeah. Um, not saying that's entirely what Sherman's doing, but just in general, like if you see something that's like, well, that's totally inaccurate. It's probably just somebody saying something for engagement. Um, two, look at Sherman. Sherman would probably tell you he's a hall of famer. And the only thing he had, like he has one Super Bowl and was thought of as the best at his position for three years, more, probably more, but like in his prime, probably three or four years. Um, so I think whatever you, you know, he's saying about Matt Stafford, you could also apply to himself. And I, and again, 
I love Richard Sherman. Like he's my favorite, like one of my favorite Seattle athletes. I don't yeah. have any grudges against him. I think he's one of the coolest dudes that I ever got to see play. Um, so I, I don't have any grudges against him. Um, I mean, Matt Ryan, the only reason he was an MVP was because he got to play under Kyle Shanahan for one year. And otherwise he's kind of been a yeah quarterback and Stafford, I think has better numbers and, you know, has been a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. Yeah. You can definitely make the argument for both, but yeah, I'm on the fence with Stafford. I can really see him being a for sure hall of famer. And I really think he will end up being a hall of famer because I don't think he's finished in LA and he's like, what? He's like 34 right now. 32. 3234 can't exactly remember but I think he still has a few years under his belt and if he stays in LA like I don't think that team's going anywhere I think if they can re-sign Odell like once he's back stronger they're going to get Robert Woods back too so that receiving core is probably going to be the best in the league if they can bring both those guys back and Cam Akers is young he's still going to be explosive so I think as long as I think Stafford is going to end up in the Hall of Fame, but right now I think he's on the fringe. Like he he's leaning both ways right now. If he's in the Hall of Fame, I'm not going to be upset. But if he's not, then I understand why. But I, he's I, I, he's the people's choice to go in the MVP. That oh, makes sense. Oh sure. And I mean, my favorite thing for many years was, and even still today, like Lions fans, you know, on Reddit or just you know comment sections being like. Stafford would be the greatest quarterback if he didn't play on our team. Yeah. And, and like, it's literally Lions fans admitting like our team is garbage. Our ownership is trash poor. Like we're so thankful that we got to have him, but if he wasn't on our team, um, you know, he might've had a better career. Yeah. No, it's definitely an interesting conversation to look at. And I'm looking forward to see what happens and how the rest of his career shapes out. But so st- sticking with Super Bowl, I, w- I kind of want to go to this and I want to give you some time because I want to look at Super Bowl 57 odds and I have the top six right here. According to CBS Sports, I just went on their website and looked them up, but I want you to go on there and I want you to find a team outside of the top six. And I want your favorite pick on who has a chance to win. So I'll list off the top six right here, according to what I wrote down. And let me know if anything's different. So number one is the Chiefs at plus 650, Bills plus 700, Rams plus 1,000, Bengals plus 1,200, 49ers plus 1,400, and Packers plus 1,500. That's my top six right there. I don't know if it's any different than what you got, but what nope. do you like um, as like a long shot outside of the top six? I have four teams here, but I want to hear what you got first. I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts. What's outside of that top, here? outside of that top six, I like Baltimore at plus two thousand. Yeah, I have them them too. Um, I mean, you know. The Patriots, I think they they could be, you know, considered contenders. The Chargers have the same odds as the Patriots. I'd probably, you know, throw some money on the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, 
even like maybe Philadelphia, like a little interesting, sprinkle, a, a little sprinkle on Philadelphia. Interesting. I mean, the NFC is wide open. The NFC East. Yeah. Um, you know, they have the same odds as the Seahawks. The only difference is that the Seahawks are in a tougher division than the Eagles. So that's kind of why I like the Eagles. Um, those would be like the two teams or three teams, I guess, really, uh, that I would, um, put like a, a, a bit of money on. I don't know if the Cardinals are a little sketch. So I, I got, I got four teams here. Sure. Go. What are your four teams? So I, I, I kind of started off hot here. Um, the bucks at plus 1800. Okay. They've been linked to Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Well, everybody's linked to Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson at this point. So if they can get their hands on them, they can maybe entice to bring Chris, Chris Godwin back. They got Mike Evans. They got that old line. Leonard Fournette is playing like what was projected coming out of LSU. And if that defense is as good as it has been, they got a young secondary that was banged up and should be better coming into next season. With the NFC wide open, I could see them still being in the hunt for a Super Bowl or at least in the NFC Championship game. It's 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 the it's the quarterback that's the biggest issue with Tampa it, Bay, right? It's all it's it's, it's, a, it's all speculation. It's all yeah. speculation. If it's they don't a, get a quarterback, then it's wraps. Like if they got yeah. Kyle Trask going into the year, then it's like it's like good night. How how dare you disrespect former Florida Gator Tr- Kyle Trask? I just did it. I just did it. But I also have Ravens at plus two thousand because they had the season from hell. Like every team has a season from hell, and Raven is Ravens. Yeah, and, and like that that just feels like a really good bounce back candidate. Like you yeah. have a you have a you have the quarterback, you have the coach. Um, you know they're making some staff changes with Baltimore, kind of weird. But I I I like them as a team to bounce back. And my next two teams are also quarterback dependent. The Broncos at plus 2,200. If they get Rodgers, sprinkle a little bit there. And the Steelers at plus 6,000. I Here's no? the thing. Here's the thing. The, Bron- the Broncos, like, I need to see some sustained success from the Broncos before. I mean, this is also the same, you know, person who just watched Cincinnati get to a Super Bowl. <laughs> But like with Denver, I kind of need a little bit more sustained success, and uh, Pittsburgh, I I just can't, I can't root for Pittsburgh. I know Big Ben's gone, but I still like I need to get I need to have a little bit of like Big Ben gone from the Steelers for me to actually uh, be able to support them. Their defense looks really good. They I'm have not, the I'm not necessarily cheering for them. I'm just sprinkle a little like the odds are there plus six thousand. If you jump on them before, what if they acquire Rodgers? They're they go into the top five. The odds yeah. with that defense and their receivers are still good. Johnson, Juju, and Claypool. Like that's still a good wide receiver core. And they got Najee. They just need to upgrade that offensive line. But I mean, it can't get any worse than it was this past season. They're, so they're, their they're odds, also, their odds jump up. They're also in a tough division. So are the Broncos. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't like the Broncos either. That's another. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, Chargers are in that same division. They're. Stuff. Yeah, but the Chargers, I feel like, like they got a bunch of cap space and they have the best quarterback of probably any of the teams that we've mentioned. I, I mean, sure. 
you could throw Lamar Jack. I mean, it depends on how you feel about Lamar Jackson, but like, I feel like you have the best quarterback of any of the teams that we mentioned is Herbert. I think they probably have more cap space than anybody else. Fair enough. And, and um, you know, the Chargers are probably in the playoffs if the Raiders miss a field goal. Yeah, or Brandon Staley doesn't call a timeout. Or Brandon Staley doesn't call a timeout. But yeah, I got I got Steelers at plus six thousand. I haven't bet on any of these teams. I bet on someone else as a future. But uh, Steelers plus six thousand. If they if they acquire a big quarterback like Deshaun Russell or Packers, their odds are shooting up. So it could be an interesting play. Could you know be. who's you know who's a big quarterback they could acquire? Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Literally big. Literally, that's that's Literally. the first thing that came to mind. Or just like bring big 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 Ben back. Big is literally in his name. Literally yeah. big. But uh I sprinkled money on um I'll, I'll put this out there. I'll put this out there. I'll put my money where my mouth is. I put 10 bucks on the 49ers. Yeah, I mean that's 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 probably not a bad play. Um they're not far off. They just need if, if Trey Lance is like a good quarterback this year. I mean, they made it to the NFC Championship this game with Jimmy Garoppolo. Defense is there, and I think their weapons are there. So, why not? Why not? Why not, right? But uh, one quick note. Uh, are you done with the Super Bowl odds, or do you have any other uh, opinions towards anything? You know, you talk about the Steelers at plus 6,000. Um, on a lesser note, like this team like could use quite a bit on offense. The Washington Commanders, if they get like a quarterback, top receiver, another good receiver, that's a that's a team I think that's kind of like Baltimore, like in the like bounce back. We can get a better year going, yeah. Because their season kind of got derailed in Week One with Brian Fitzmagic getting injured, and they just were never the same after that. Yeah. Um, just just throwing it out there. Just, no, just throwing I- it out there. Also, yeah, Washington Commanders. I haven't talked about that yet. Not the football team anymore. What are your thoughts uh, on the name? It's okay. I think yeah. like anything, like anything, you kind of just get used to it. Uh, I was honestly getting used to the football team. I, uh, I probably, I think I prefer football team than Commanders, but yeah, like, I kind of liked it. It was starting to grow on me. Yeah, I don't mind. I and I think it's a nice, you know, nice kind of curveball again, like doing something different. Nobody else has football team in the NFL. Why not do football team? Commanders yeah. is fine. Very, you know, Army Navy type vibe from Commanders, which, sure, okay, yeah, I guess so. But uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals in a little bit of a feud right now. You know, Car, Ky- uh, Jesus, English, Jevin, speak. But uh, I'm breaking in my new tongue, Ian. Mm. Kyler Murray's come out and said that he's frustrated with the organization and feels that he's been the scapegoat to their failures. And Arizona has come out and said that Kyler Murray needs to mature and be a better leader. What are your uh, thoughts as a Seattle Seahawks fan and division rival of the Arizona Coyotes? What are your thoughts on these reports of Kyler Murray? Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. I mean, they're bad in the NHL. Why not try them out in the NHL? Trade the Cardinals and the Coyotes. <laughs> but uh, that's that's for later on in the episode. But no, yeah, Arizona Cardinals. I, I honestly believe that um, 
they should be pl- the Coyotes should be playing at the University of Phoenix Stadium uh, instead of the ASU Stadium. Now, I mean, again, I think this is silly season with football where we're all looking to you know for content and we're all looking for something to um, you know jump on, and this is one of those things. Um, I think Kyler's a great quarterback. I think Cliff's a good coach. I think this team can be really good. Um, listen, relationships and, and me being a relationship expert, obviously, um, can be difficult. You know, it can be tough to be in a relationship with somebody, and it's not always going to be a smooth ride. You know, yeah. you're going to have bumps along the way. And, you know, when you succeed and when you, you know, eventually, hopefully, win a title, win a championship, it'll make all this that much more um, positive. Like, it'll make you feel so much better about yourself. The fact that you were able to go through this pain and go through this um, negativity in your life to do something well. Um, that, that's how I see this. I, I listen, both would be ridiculous to leave. Uh, you know, it, it'd be ridiculous for the Cardinals to let go of Murray because find me a, like, who do you think, like, do you think you can go get a better quarterback than Kyler Murray? Good luck. Yeah. Uh, and, and Kyler Murray leaving Arizona, I think would be, you know, really dumb considering like baseball's in a lockout right now and he couldn't go play in major league baseball. <laughs> so that's why I think it makes sense for both to just, you know, work together, figure it out. Um, talk about your issues together as a couple. Put and, egos aside. Yeah. Put your egos aside and let's go win some football games. No, I'm in total agreement there. I, uh, Kyler Murray, he's, you know, denying all allegations that he's like immature not a leader and i just think they need to be grown-ups be professionals here you know you look at rogers in green bay and i everyone thought that was over and now rogers has come out and said he's still as his future in green bay looms he's he's in a positive place in green Bay. He just came out and said that. So it's like, now what's going to happen. So, but like, you know, like in a positive place in green Bay, like he's living in a nice part of town. He's living in Milwaukee. I think he said positive situation or something like that. So, so if, if things are like that and everyone thought it was over in green Bay, then I'm not putting anything out of the equation here. So I think it's best for both sides to, you know, figure this out and try and win some goddamn football games because they're in probably, I would say, the hardest division in football in the NFC West, and they can't have any drama going on because no, that division is not a lock for any team, right? So I think winning is the most important thing, so they need to figure this out ASAP, and I think the best situation is just to put egos aside, go behind closed doors, and just play football. You got one of the best receivers in DeAndre Hopkins. So if you're trying you to agree, us... you got a great. Oh, you got a team core. You had a pretty good O line last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, defense wasn't too bad. You got some defensive pieces too. Yeah. Like it's there. You just have to figure it out. Yeah, hundred percent. I totally agree with you there. So uh, that's a that's NFL talk. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? 
before we head over to head over to the prom head over to the pond some no. frozen water sports uh you know can take a little bit of time off football yeah. even though football never seems to stop it's you know the only 24 7 sport take a little bit of time to focus on other things yeah and uh, get to wait till the intense uh off season coming in a few weeks here but the nhl some big headlines made this week uh lots of players were are on the trade bait board or looking to be traded this deadline and one name that has was briefly talked about in trade talks and then shipped. Tyler Toffoli traded to the Calgary Flames in exchange for a first round pick, top 10 protected, but chances are it's going to be this year anyway because Calgary's just Calgary's probably going to make the playoffs. Yeah, despite a collapse, they're not going to be in the top 10. Um, a fifth round pick in 2023, Emil Heineman and Tyler Pitlick. So, what are your thoughts on this trade? And were you surprised that Tyler Toffoli was moved so quick? No, not really. Um, I would have loved to have, you know, I, I would love if like Ken Hughes or uh, Jeff Gordon was like, no, we can't do this deal without Tyler Pitlick. Like Pitlick has to be a part of the deal or else it's not happening. And then, you know, Brad Treleman's like, okay, here you go. Here's <laughs> Tyler Pitlick. Sure. Uh, no, I think this is probably about right. Like this is probably about market value for Tyler to Um, it, it's more of, you know, it's more for myself an omission of like, it, things didn't go well in Montreal. Yeah. Um, uh, it was just like, they had that cup run thing. Things didn't go well for Montreal for like outside of like two or three months outside yeah. of a playoff run. Things didn't go well in, in Montreal. No, I 1000%. So, um, and Calgary should be a really good fit for him. I think the flames needed another goal scorer and to fully seems like a, you know, a a playoff type fit for them too. Not just like a a guy who could do well in a regular season, but somebody who can, you know, crash, crash the net, play in the corners. He, He can be a tough guy to play against in the playoffs. So I think this is a perfect, you know, perfect deal for both sides. No, I, I think it's a perfect deal for both sides too, because Tyler Toffoli is a winger who on a decent team can produce at a very good level. And I think if he's going to be on Calgary and speaking of which he just scored the sixth goal for Calgary over Columbus tonight, we're recording Tuesday night. So right there making an impact right off the hop. So I think he can produce He's only making like just over $4 million a year. So I think for a 20 goal top six forward making four mil, like that's unbelievable value. And like you said, he has playoff experience and Calgary's obviously in a situation where they're more of a contender than in a position to rebuild. This, this is it's, it's one of those it's one of those deals that you make when you're becoming a contender like when you're becoming that playoff team um you know and for and for montreal he's one of those guys that you gotta move to get assets back in return no i totally agree with you there so i think it was a w for both sides uh another big headline jack eichel is set to make his las vegas golden knights debut Wednesday night against Colorado. And uh, conveniently, uh, Mark Stone is on the L- LTIR for uh, until further notice. 
So good old cap circumvention uh, on the league there. But uh, what do you expect with this uh, Jack Eichel return and debut this, for Vegas? Is this in Vegas or is this in Colorado? Uh, Colorado's playing tonight a home game. So I'm assuming it's in Colorado. Let me... Uh, Here's, here, here, here's, here's the thing you you kill time I, I, uh it's in vegas it's in vegas perfect perfect you do the whole wwe like wrestling intro thing for jack <laughs> yeah. Eichel. theme music glass shattering uh you know bruce buffer coming in doing the intro for Ike. like it's vegas it's a show we and and vegas is not dumb they know what they're doing we know what we're doing and bringing arguably when he's good like when he's on a top 10 player in this league against a team that's going to be our biggest rival in the Western conference, our biggest threat, you make it a show, you make it entertaining. That's what I expect. Anything less than that is going to be extremely disappointing. Yeah, no, I, uh, I totally agree. And he's such a big name. And I was talking about this a few episodes back, like when this trade was made with my buddy, Matt, when he is on the top of his game, Jack Eichel, he is easily a top five player in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. He is so unbelievable. His speed is so deceiving. He has one of the best shots in the league, like releases. And it just sucks that he was sewered in a situation like Buffalo. He's like the Matt Stafford. He's the Matt Stafford of the NHL. He just didn't spend 10 he spent 5 years in Buffalo not 10 years in Detroit. But it probably felt like 800 years in Buffalo. That might be like the NFL the NHL equivalent like yeah. 10 years in Detroit might be the NHL equivalent of 5 years in Buffalo. No, totally. 1000%, but I'm excited for this for Jack Eichel's debut and not at all because I have him on my fantasy team. Mm. So it has nothing to do with that, I promise you. But it it, it has a little bit to do with it, but uh, I'm excited for this. As a Canucks fan, I'm scared because I hate Vegas because of how good they are so early on in their uh, NHL franchise. But they just did a good job building a team, and I, I'm jealous because the Canucks did not do a good job of building a team. But no, I think. Do you think Jack Eichel is going to kill it? Why wouldn't he? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I know for myself personally, if I got the opportunity to move to Vegas after being in Buffalo. I would absolutely thrive. I would be killing it. Um, between the weather, lifestyle, the opportunity to gamble at any place, I would just kill it. Um, I, I, I'm sure Eichel is probably... I, I'm sure Eichel and I would live a pretty similar lifestyle in Vegas. Probably, <laughs> you know, gambling, drinking alcohol quite a bit, down by the pool. Yeah, just having a oh. grand old time. Oh, and then trying to play hockey uh, during that time too, I think could uh, could really go well. Maybe that, yeah. That's the secret. That's the secret. That that that, that that's you know, that's a place that no one's really talking about too. Of like, you know, guys want to be playing in Las Vegas compared to like I don't know twenty other NHL cities. <laughs> I, I just hope it doesn't turn into the NFL and everyone gets DUIs and battery charges against them sure sure but, you know <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge if we get there at some point yeah i, I hope not <laughs> totally but uh next topic 
I haven't uh, talked about this yet, but Arizona, we touched on this briefly. Arizona has mm-hmm. signed a three-year deal to play in the multi-sportsplex uh, at Arizona State University. Where capacity of 5,000 fans. This is just the definition of Arizona Coyotes not having enough money, not paying their bills on time, and then moving from a standard 18,000-seat NHL arena, you know, professional sports, professional ice hockey arena to a college barn. That's just, that's a perfect example of Arizona hockey right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so. I have a bunch of different thoughts on this. I don't know how well you know the Arizona situation. So basically where their arena is now in Glendale, it's nowhere near where the major, like most of their fans are. Like it's 45 minutes in the opposite direction of town. So now being in Tempe, they're going to be closer to where their fan base is. I actually believe if you sell out that barn every night and you make prices affordable, like if you, if you attract a bunch of college kids from ASU to go watch Coyotes hockey, and you packed out barn, you create an atmosphere that's, you know, kind of like a junior rink for, eight, for what is it, 41 games a year? You could really, like, get yourself established, and you can really grow that fan base and have the long-term fans that they're hoping for in Arizona. I don't know that it's going to happen. And I get that everybody thinks it's a joke, and it's a meme, and it really is. But <laughs> if you're if you're looking at it from, like, if you're looking at it from trying to actually make the Coyotes a viable product, fill the barn with college students, 5,000 college students, 41 nights a year, make it affordable. Don't charge an arm and a leg for beer and drinks and food. Make it affordable. Get the college kids out and you're going to absolutely crush it. You're going to create yeah. like a, a, a product that people are going to want to pay to go and see. And like, because for especially now after with COVID, like sporting events are just so expensive to go to. Yeah. This could be the one opportunity. And besides, the, you know, the Coyotes are already getting revenue sharing anyway, so they already know that. The, and having hockey in Arizona is more or less a losing product. Like you're losing money anyways. Why not just make it a fun atmosphere for college kids? No, that's a that's a good point. Kind of changes your perspective and demographic almost. Well, and and like. So they used to play in Glendale, like near where the or where the Cardinals play. And that location makes sense for the Cardinals because you're only hosting, what, 10 games, including preseason a year. And for football, people are willing to drive out like for a 40 minutes to go watch the football game. Like it's because football is an all day party. Hockey isn't. And yeah. hockey, like if you make it easy for people to get to, if you make it affordable for people to go watch, it's near where the fan, most of their fan base is, where the older white people are near scottsdale and tempe that's that's a recipe a somewhat of a recipe for success so long as you get the actual real nhl building there at some point why not no you, you raise good points ian you raise good points you're not just a pretty face nobody's called me that um <laughs> i i well i basically have to have good points and a personality to make up for hey don't don't say that about yourself Oh, thank you. King. Thank you. We, we, you know, it's nice to see guys supporting guys here on uh, left side heavy. You only, you only gassed up each other on left side heavy. Exactly. Unless Hayden comes on, then just let it, let it fly. <laughs> I'll tag him in this. this Fair enough. On Instagram. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Ian, 
that's the podcast. Usually I do it on this day in sports history, but we're running a little bit long this episode. And I definitely did not forget to find some. And I don't really want to look for some right now. So no, I you know totally. I totally get that you're going long, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's so I I understand. But uh Ian, thank you for coming on. This is your time to shine. Let the people know where they can find you, your work. All so that. you so you can follow my work on Instagram at SYP pod. Um, you know, we're posting my schedule is a bit whack, but we usually try and do at least one podcast a week. Uh, you can listen to my podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple podcast, wherever we get your podcast. You can listen to us uh, where we have the speak your piece YouTube channel. So you can check out uh, some clips, some full pods on YouTube. All the links are on our Spotify and our Apple podcast. So basically you can go check us out on our website too. I do some articles sometimes here and there when I got time, but speak your piece at SYP pod on Instagram, check us out, Spotify, Apple podcasts. And, uh, you know, tell them Jevin sent you that tell us, tell us Jevin sent you that, that doesn't really mean much in terms of like, like, you know, shop or like a promo code, but it's just nice to know that, you know, there's a connection that, you know, it's exactly we're working together that that's exactly exactly but i mean you could have left that out they didn't have to know that right they didn't have to know that well i mean again i i haven't done as much as i want to just because of how my schedule is uh because this week i get to go down to the states on saturday and then february 26th i'm gonna be at climate pledge arena covering covering the everett silver tips and seattle thunderbirds game fire that's fire Fine. Get to see some winning hockey at Climate Pledge Arena this year. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Hopefully. Hopefully it's in a winning effort. But everyone, you know where to follow me on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave, on Twitter at JevinLefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Left Side Heavy. Uh, ring the bell. Press notifications. Like, comment. Do all that sorts of jazz. And if you hear a little yappy dog in the background of this episode, I apologize. I'm going to try and cut out as much as I can. And if you didn't hear a dog, then that means I did my job correctly. So shout out to me. But if you do hear a dog, then my apologies. Um, I guess I forgot to lock them out of the basement. And they tend to just not care that I'm recording. Like, they should know that I'm recording an episode. I I put the sign on the door. See, Well, you see, my dog is, like, very needy. Like yeah. he need, he needs to go out like like well I don't know how old your dog is like my dog's like about like ten so like he's getting to be like an old man right so like he needs to go out like every couple of hours and you know he doesn't understand that he's taking you know time in my life to go look after him like I have important things to do but sure we'll go for your walk. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because your dog, Caslo, mm-hmm. I'm looking after my sister's dog, Caslo. That's right. We've had this conversation yeah. before, haven't we? About saying yeah. like, coincidental names. Yeah. And it was funny because the day I found out that they got a dog and named her Caslow was the day I got home from your place when we went up to Squamish to play Furry Creek. And yeah, when yeah, you yeah. introduced me to your dog, Caslow, when we watched McGregor Poirier. And I got home and it was like, yeah, Kelson Tanner got a dog. I was like, oh, sweet. What's her name? Caslow. And I was like, no, seriously. Got, no, no, seriously. What's yeah, the dog name? Yeah, And I was like, I got a taxi in to make sure I heard that name correctly. And Caslo, Caslo, it's crazy. But yeah, we're, we're looking after 
my sister's cats though for a few days and my dog tends to just like sometimes take a break from playing and just chilling my dog's only like two and a half years old right he's not old at all but compared to her it's like he needs like yo chill out and whenever he's not playing when she wants to play she just goes off and that's exactly what was happening and it just happened to be right outside my door that has the sign recording on it so it's pretty rude of them and i'm gonna be very unhappy when we uh press end here so i'm gonna have to give them a little stern talking to but yeah that's my little rant so if you hear dog barking that's because Kazla wanted to play and dodger didn't so everyone thank you for listening to this week's episode um tune in next week and we're It'll be a lot more hockey content from here on out as the football season is coming to an end. Uh, there will be some free agency episodes recorded and you will be seeing Ian's face on or and voice depends if you're watching or listening on this podcast going forward because, you know, he's part of the left side heavy family. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he's always like a good uh, safety net. It's, to get. it's like all it's like Olive Garden. Like, what you know, when you're here, you're family exactly exactly that's a great way to end it off thank you guys for listening follow the socials leave a rating and review and we'll see you guys next week peace